way better roll. Way <laughs> like, love it. I'm like, <laughs> ready? Okay. This is Haley. And this is Bailey. You're listening to Unleashed. It's officially season two, and I seriously can't believe that season one went so fast. I feel like we I just know. started we doing are. our podcast. I know. We didn't want you guys to miss us too much, so we just started jumping right into season two because we're just that excited and ready for it. We did debate taking a little break in between season one and season two, and we were like, no, we like doing our podcast too much. <laughs> yeah. We don't want you guys, we don't want to stay away from you guys that long. I mean, come on. This is the best part is connecting with other people and bonding over stuff that we didn't realize we could bond over. <laughs> Before we jump into today's topic, I just want to remind you guys that we do have a podcast that comes out every other Monday, and following that, we go live on Unleashed.club, Hey Bailey Drew, and all of the Traveler every other Wednesday. You said Hey Bailey Drew! I know, because it's going to be out. Guys, this is kind of a big deal. If you didn't know, Bailey is now Hey Bailey Drew. That threw me off. Your name, your new name, Hey Bailey Drew, first of all, so cool. I'm obsessed. But you're <laughs> making you. me want to change my name now. <laughs> you're, I'm pre- I feel pressured to change my name. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But speaking of pressures, talk about all these pressures we're kind of getting from every angle of life, especially as you, like, graduate high school. And, I mean, even in high school, you still get these pressures from society that talk about certain ways to live and things to, a certain way to look and there's just so much pressure and I think that's what we want to talk about today is society pressures and how it's just like people need to let up a little bit just chill <laughs> there are so many pressures and I feel like I really started to realize it more as I got into high school I feel like you know obviously starts when you're younger but I think you really start to notice it the older you get and I feel like in high school I really try to not fall into those random pressures and that's not easy for everyone and you you know like when I was in high school at least you could see so many people fall into doing stuff that maybe wasn't something they wanted to do just because their friends did it or because somebody they knew did it you know and I think it's such a hard thing to walk away from a pressure from society but to be able to know what you really feel you want to do without doing it just because you think it's the right thing or the pressure or whatever it is. I totally agree. It's so you say you really started to notice it when you were in high school. What was one of the pressures you felt in high school, at least that you remember right off the bat? What would be the like the first pressure you ever felt or recognized? I feel like okay, there's a few. I feel like when you're younger, this sounds so silly, but like when you have to like kiss somebody, I feel like when you even kiss somebody, that's like a big deal. I don't know. I remember being in like high school and people making it such a big deal that and also like probably like a main one for me would be like partying and drinking and doing that kind of stuff. And that was not something that I was into. And I was pretty confident actually that I didn't like that stuff. But I don't remember there being a lot of people that would admit like oh I don't like to party I don't like to go out and drink it was always like oh what party are we going to next it was always like okay it's the next it's the next thing that's really yeah I would my friend groups we really didn't party either I mean I was I was a party in itself I didn't need to have you know the alcohol there to you know 
have a good time. I think that it's a very common thing, like we've said, to experience those kinds of pressures in high school. And also, I think it really affect your your friend groups can really affect what pressures you perceive and get from them. I mean, sometimes the pressures aren't always about partying or drugs or whatever it is. It could be dating, like you said, kissing. Speaking of kissing, this is what I was going to ask you. How old were you when you had your first kiss? It's a really good question. I don't even <laughs> it's not bad. I don't know the answer to that. I was definitely guess. in high school. What's your best school, guess? I think. 14 maybe? But like a little like you know, like a yeah. not anything. What, you didn't French kiss? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't make out in the rain? <laughs> like notebook? <laughs> yeah. No, that's. I think that's about average, I think. I don't actually know the average age to what you had your first, like, first kisses. I was, I, I think every time I tell someone how old I was, they are like, wow, you were young. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I was 12. I, but I feel like there's so many, like, situations, like, I'm sure I, like, kissed people when I was younger, too. Like, I feel like there's so many situations where it's not a big deal when you kiss when you're, like, young and, like, I don't know. I feel like there is, like, this point where it's not, like, anything intimate and then all of a sudden it becomes that. It's not like you're, like, kissing everyone, but when you're little, you know, like, I feel like little kids kiss each other all the time. And it's so interesting, too, because, like, kind of going back to the partying, it's... People will be like, oh, yeah, I party, I drink in high school. And as they get older, I, they, it either goes one of two ways. I feel like in your 20s, either you – if you never – if you were a part of that crowd, you either went like – you're like, all right, nope, I'm done with that, no more. Or you're still doing it. <laughs> it's still like going strong. But like for me, I never really was into partying like or anything like that. But I think it really does depend on the time of your life. what it comes down to but when I never I'm I'm not a drinker I don't drink and anytime I tell someone that they're like why and I'm like what if I told you I didn't have ketchup on my burgers you would say would you say the same thing (laughs) like oh why you don't like pickles you don't like ketchup like like a heads up I do like ketchup on my burgers but I'm just saying like that it's such an expected thing in society and I don't I don't necessarily care if people do drink or not, but for me, I just choose for health reasons and I see the addiction sides of alcohol that can come from it, at least with, you know, family history and all that. And I just really don't want to open that door, especially because I have an addictive personality. I think it could be a slippery slope for me. So I just choose not to. And I totally get that. And I think there's such different ways people can like consider drinking. Like when you're in high school, I feel like it's people pre-gaming and going to parties and like taking shots and then as you get older I don't know at least like this is where I feel like it kind of changes it's like go out and have a nice drink like here and there um and I feel like that's such a difference than just like drinking to get drunk versus like maybe having a drink at dinner occasionally and you know I just think there's so much but that can even come to like having a drink at dinner there can be pressure there too there's different ways you can feel pressure and it just depends where you're at and I feel like I've had that before where someone's been like you're not going to have a drink. It's like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have like, feel like it tonight. And I'm okay saying that, but other people, you know, you might be in a position where it is hard to say. I mean, I've, you know, like it just depends who you're with and maybe how they said it. And I think that pressure can come in so many different ways. And I think that's just one of the many ways you can feel pressure. It's so true. And I think also you have to be able to be confident in yourself when you're getting into an environment. If you know, people are drinking, like for me, like we've gone out and had to dinner and you've had a drink and I'm like, 
great. Like, I don't care. I don't think twice of it. Just because I choose something doesn't mean I expect everyone to live how I live. No way. And so, and I mean, people always ask me, they're like, so do you ever like have a drink like after a long day or something? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I have this motto in my head that if drinking ever was a thing for me, I wouldn't drink to feel better. I drink to feel even better is what I've, I, I heard that a while ago and I loved it. It's like, don't drink to feel better. Drink to feel even better. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. We did dare when I was in elementary school. Did you ever do dare? I don't remember, but the other day we saw a shirt and Evan and I literally just had a conversation about this. So that's funny. Yeah. What was it? Oh, it was just a shirt that said dare, but I don't, I was, he asked me, he's like, didn't you have that in like school? And I was like, I don't remember. But we literally, <laughs> the question you just asked me, we just had this conversation like I don't two know. days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's one of those things that it's like, okay, you teach them the, you teach people the correct principles and the, the manners and the, the right way of doing it and making sure they know their limits. And I mean, obviously those are abused all the time and people pass them all the time. But it's just making sure that at the end of the day, make sure you're being safe. And if you're feeling pressured into this from friends or society, find f- find someone you can contact or call when you're going into those types of environments to help get you out. Like my mom always told me if I was ever in a situation that I didn't feel safe, she's like, I will never get mad at you. I will never be upset. Just call me and say, hey, I'm not feeling good. Can you come and get me? And I will come, no questions asked. Like, And it was always like a safe environment. And I love that. And though I never, I don't think I ever really had one of those moments where I did like have to call her up because I was just not doing it. Like I was in a very unfamiliar environment, but it was nice to have that safety net. And like for you, I was like, if you ever take an Uber by yourself, give me a call. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'll be on the phone with you the entire time if I need. And it's just those little things that just know that you're okay. You're going to be safe and making sure you're feeling good about the situation you're in. Yeah, definitely. I feel like my parents did the same thing. They were really great at having my back. And no, I always knew I could call them. But also being parents, I always say there's like a really good line they had was like being my friend, but also being my parent. I think if you go too far either way, you can your kid can like start to pull back or you're too close to them and it just gets messy. So I definitely love that I was able to ever call call them if I ever needed, but also know they were my parents and they were going to be what I needed them to be because parents, you know, you look to them for advice and structure too. Exactly. They're shaping you to be a, you're raising, they're raising adults at the end of the day. That's what parents are doing. They're raising future adults and people don't look at it like that always. And so when you take that step back and realize you can be their friend, but remember you're also raising future adults. And if you want them to be these good people who maybe don't give in to these pressures or can hold themselves in those moments where they might not feel comfortable or I don't know, just can a- able to kind of stand for themselves, be more independent. And that comes with time and there will be times of struggle. That's given it's life. But like, when you get older, every phase has their new pressure. I feel like with high school, I feel like it can be partying, drugs, sex, alcohol, all of that. And I mean, when you go to college and you're in your 20s, it can be polar opposite things. It's college and getting married, having babies, buying a house. Like there's, those are, those are totally different. And it's like such a huge difference. And people just expect you to just jump into the next phase of life. Like, okay, here we go. And it's like, wait a minute, what? I have to do what now? This is, why is this the next step, you know? 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I feel like there's so much pressure even just on knowing what you want to do right when you get out of high school. When you go to college, you're supposed to know what you want to do because you're going to do four years and get a degree and all this. And I'm always saying, like, how do you know what you want to do? Like, you haven't really had that experience. I feel like in high school, you're still so young. And yeah, you might go out and you, you know, you work different jobs, but you haven't worked in jobs usually like you're going to work in after college. And I think it just, you haven't had the opportunity to figure it out. And that was actually kind of what pushed me to go to a community college. And I've actually, I don't know, I know some people are like, I would never go to a community college. Like, I'm going to go to a four-year. I've never been, like, embarrassed I about actually, it. Or, like, <laughs> I think going to a community college first is probably one of the smartest things people could do. I totally I feel like I after after doing it, I I remember going into college being like, I'm not 100% sure what I want to do. If I figure it out, then, and you know, I want to go to a four-year, I will. And I decided to do two years and I went and got my early childhood development degree and I loved it and that was so much fun and I was a preschool teacher. But now looking back, I was a preschool teacher for four years and then I was like, okay, I'm ready for the next thing. Like I found my passion in a different way. And if I would have gone to four years of school, I think I would have looked at it really differently than I did two years and I grew a lot from that experience. And I still went to college and I, you know, I just did it different than maybe like how you're supposed to do it. I don't know. I feel like everyone has a different idea of what you're supposed there's to do. A, it's, there's a painted picture or a roadmap that you're supposed to, and I don't like saying supposed, and like we both said it, but it's like what people insinuate or assume you're going to follow naturally. And of course, not that is not what everybody does. But whether you want to agree with this or not, I do believe that there is this unwritten roadmap you're supposed to follow or you feel like you have to follow because that's just what people do and it's and if you go off that that map or that road trip or whatever you want to call it it gets looked at like you're not smart or you're doing something wrong or I don't know it's just like it's not accepted like the norm and that's unfortunate that way because lots of people are successful regardless if they go to college or not I don't really feel like that can determine someone's success. I yeah I totally agree something I actually did and if anyone's in the position you know debating going to a four-year or doing a two-year something I did was I decided to not go to the one right by my house I like moved an hour away I got a apartment with you know friends and I did it that way so I still got the experience to you know have the opportunity to be on my own and go to school and do all that but I just did it a little different than going to a four-year and I think from that like a lot of people can go and then be like okay you know, I had two years where I was on my own and I tried this class and this course and I did all these things. And then maybe it helps guide them in a little bit more of a direction of where they want to go rather than just jumping into it because they think that's what they're supposed to do. It's, that's so smart. And I think like my sister, she goes to a community college and I mean, she's 10 years older than me. She got her associates and then she realized she wanted to get her associates at in a different degree. She wanted to be a teacher, which is really funny holy cow I just realized that teachers are awesome (laughs) and it's just but she realized she wanted to do design and she even told me she's like I'm not doing this because I I feel like I have to it's because I want to and it was took me 10 years to realize that and that's fine she's like it's something I want to finish and I'm like that's amazing and she's a mother of four kids it's like that's so not what's considered normal and I use air quotes (laughs) and it's it just goes to show that just because it's not someone else's journey doesn't mean that it has to be yours and it, it vice versa. It really, it just kind of comes and gives with everybody's life and situation. But I mean, if you don't know what you want to do and you're, I mean, college is expensive. 
And we can talk about the financial aspect of it for a very long time. But regardless of that, if you're not sure what to do, a community college is great for that. Get your generals done and give yourself that time to kind of dab in different areas and figure out what you like and what you don't like. And maybe that will come. And that sounds like what happened with you. You kind of, you wanted to be a preschool teacher and then you realize, all right, now it's time for the next thing. And that's what it's about. It's about being able to figure out who you are. And if that involves school or not, then that's fine. It's just about what you want to do. I agree. And something you said earlier was that having people around you that really support you is so important. And I agree with that. I think finding those people, if it's a relationship, if it's your parents, if it's friends, I think can help so much. And as you do it and you're figuring out your path, being confident in what you want, but those people that are just like right behind you, like supporting you help so much. And my parents have always been there and been so supportive. And, you know, through different phases as I'm dating Evan, he's been super supportive. And then we met and, you know, as a friendship, you've been really supportive. And I think you can find different friendships and different relationships and, you know, go to your parents for different things to get that support that will help you navigate those social pressures, whatever those might be. Having a someone to support you is so important. And like, that's why I love our friendship because we support each other in what's such a different type of career choice, I think, because I went to school for public relations. And I mean, yeah, it can all kind of intertwine with what we do now. But at the same time, I was thinking, I'm like, I have a four-year degree and I'm a stay-at-home dog mom. (laughs) It just just shows that not just because you're supposed to go to school or whatever they say you do does not mean that you're going to use that the, that piece of information you learn. And I, people, I've heard that people say that college isn't necessarily about the job that you're trying to get. I mean, it, it is. It, like It's one of the pieces. But they say it's also about learning different ways of using your brain. And when you kind of look at it and realize how quick it is to assume that a 18, 19, 20 And I mean, even into like 25s, 30s, even I'm like, how are you supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life? Like, why is there so much pressure behind that to tell someone, okay, this is what you you want to do. You have to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And it's like, of course, there's pressure behind that. And I never had a dream job from when I was young. So if like you grew up and like, oh, I want to be a fireman or a police or, you know, Bryce always wanted to fly. And it's just like, I never had that. I mean, I wanted to be a mermaid when I was a little girl. <laughs> like it just it's just one of those things that I never really I was I I was all over the place. I I had little moments where I like, oh yeah, I want to do this and then I would move on to the next thing. But for overall my life, I wouldn't say there was one item that I wanted to do until I found all of the traveler and doing what I'm doing now. And that's the thing I've stuck with the longest and I think that's when I found my passion. Yeah, I didn't have one thing I would say I wanted to do since I was little I feel like I always wanted to be a mom but that's not you know like a career path and I feel like that was something when I went into college I remember thinking but you know there are so many great opportunity opportunities in college like meeting people connections the things you go through the different things you learn but also the things you learn in your job like being a full-time content creator or influencer I never know what to call it but <laughs> doing what I do now I've learned so much more in this last year and a half than I had when I was doing, you know, the preschool. And I learned a lot there in different ways. And I think a lot of things I'll bring into being a parent. But in this field of work, I've learned so much that has been such a unique opportunity. It's so cool to be able to find that passion and turn it into something you love. And 
I know that not everybody gets that opportunity and it is, it, it is quite unfortunate for that circumstance. But I think if you're doing a job that you don't necessarily love, and I think that there's no perfect job out there. There is aspects to every job that people don't like. I mean, even with me and you, we have our things that we don't necessarily love. I mean, having to create a new piece of, I mean, they say don't create new content every day, but it's like at the same time, having to find a different way to get people's attention under seven seconds while portraying a a message or story, a punchline, and making sure it's unique to you and finding a sound to it or aesthetic, as we say, that is very difficult. And people are like, wow, your job's so hard. I'm like, but it is for us. Like, that's our heart. Yeah, we're not brain surgeons, but I mean, they might look at, you know, some surgeries as that's easy. And I think I'm like, ooh, no way. <laughs> like, I could never. And so it's you cannot, you can't compare apples to apples. And I hate when people compare problem to problem, like, oh, I could always have it worse. And it's like, well, of course, you can always have it worse, no matter what. Like, there's always someone who has it worse, but this is what you're going through now. And you can, as a person, we can only handle so much at a time. And with things evolving and changing as rapidly as they are, and then you have to throw in adding in a career choice or I don't know if you're in a relationship getting engaged or married. I mean, and then you, I mean, what, at what point in your life are you ready to start asking those questions? There's so much pressure on meeting somebody and when you meet somebody the right time and when to settle down and all those things. And I think there's an idea in everybody's head what it should look like and everybody's going to do it differently. And something we both experienced, even though our paths were different, was meeting our person young. And I think that's a really fun one to chat about. I totally think that it is a huge society pressure to, I think it's, you know, high school, graduate, college, get married, buy a house, I think is in there, and then have a kid. But when it's like, okay, at what point do you start talking about settling down and getting married? And when you're in a relationship, I think that's a good start. (laughs) You can't talk about getting married unless you know have someone, but it's, I was really young. I was 20 years old when I got married. Bryce and I had dated for two years. And yeah, some people, I, we had a lot of people who supported us and they were like, that's so great. We're so happy for you. I mean, we had even people like constantly asking us like, when are you guys getting, getting, get, get, blah, blah, blah. when you guys are going to get engaged, when are you guys going to get married? And I'm like, we're just, you know, living life. Like, it's just like how it is. And I mean, to this day, we still get a whole variety of questions just in different areas similar to that. But when I tell people, oh, I'm married, they're like, how old are you? And I'm like, well, I tell them like, oh, I'm 26. They're like, how long are you married? And I'm like, six years. <laughs> I like get hesitant about it. And I, I kind of wish, I really want to start being more confident on that because I was confident. I still am confident. I love Bryce. And I'm still very happy. I love the decision I made to get married to him. And when I sound like hesitant on it, it only, I think, furthers their opinion on oh yeah you were way too young because either regardless of how I respond they are always like oh you were so young you still had so much life to live I'm like and I wanted to do that with Bryce like I wanted to live my life more and we were certain it was we were it was just we were ready for it and I think that 
that was kind of hard for us at first, especially because we came with, we both have ADD and people are like, oh, two people with ADD in a marriage and we're the babies of the family. Woo, we had a lot, they said, working against us. And I just said, we'll probably just have nicer things before we should. Like, it's just like, it's like how it, it goes. And so it, it worked out great. But I mean, for you and Evan, I mean, how long have you and Evan been together? We met when we had just turned 21. So it's been almost four years this summer. But I feel like something with that is, you know, we did meet young. And I remember when we first started dating, I feel like it took not everybody, some people right away, I remember being like, they knew like people would be like, wow, like something's different about this relationship. We actually talked about that in our last podcast. But also, I feel like it did take people a long little longer certain people to take us as seriously. And I remember getting frustrated sometimes being like, I can feel like they're not taking us as seriously, but like we've had these conversations. We know we're super serious. And just because we're not jumping into being engaged or getting married doesn't mean we're not serious. We're just really enjoying this time. And I think a lot of people, you know, look at that as like, oh, they're not as serious as or they're not as committed, but it's just we're doing it different than maybe you guys did. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it. I think- mm-hmm. It just is a different path for each person. When you and Evan started dating, you said 21, right? Yeah. Yeah. How long before did you start feeling pressure from other people like you were supposed to like be married or get engaged by now? Because I feel like people often just assume that you like when after a certain period of dating, they just be like, okay, well, why aren't you doing this? And it's like, first of all, none of your business. <laughs> Second of all, it's not your timetable. <laughs> what? I feel like in the first couple of years of our relationship, you would hear it occasionally, but it wasn't coming up very often. I think, you know, you're still at the beginning of your relationship. So people aren't really thinking probably that much of it or feeling like a rush to it. But I would say right around like three years, it was like every person, like it could be, you know, like a friend we hadn't really talked too much or like we'd go to dinner. It was a question that was coming up all the time. And it actually got to a point, I feel like, it was never like my parents or things like that. Like they're always like very good at like having that boundary, you know, and like maybe we have a conversation about it. More people that didn't really know much about where we were. And I feel like going out to restaurants with friends or random people kind of asking, it became such a consistent question. I definitely started to at one point be like, why is this coming up so much? And, you know, Evan and I would have conversation on the side and we both like know where we're at and know where we stand but it definitely got a little frustrating I think at one point and I ended up finally getting to a point where I just like would kind of stop the question and kind of detour it now I feel like it doesn't come up as much I've kind of made it like if anyone wants to talk to Evan on the side that's different than I feel like talking about it in front of me because that's just like an awkward situation I feel like (laughs) yeah like I know he he's like you we just made a joke about this but Evan's the kind of person who's like oh I don't feel pressure I know where like I'm at but it's still like okay like I think that's a guy thing else I wonder if that's a guy thing because like they feel they don't feel pressure in that aspect when they like know what they want and like when when it's right and all that, I guess. I might be wrong. But I feel like there's a little bit more pressure maybe when it comes to like being a breadwinner or something like that. Like I know that there can be like or like something that could question their manhood. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I just I'm talking as I as I'm thinking, but I feel like there's other things that they might feel more pressure from and that may not be one of them 
I think it just really also depends on the situation, honestly. Like, I think if you haven't had the conversation with your significant other, I think there's a lot more pressure on that where me and Evan have had that conversation and we know where we're at. And I think that takes that pressure off of it more. Um, It's funny because even on, like, Instagram, every time I do a question box, that is a very popular question in my question box. Really? Yeah. Wait, people ask you that? Really? Yeah. yeah oh my like, goodness. How oh, I have never asked you that once ever. It is so important to be able to be on the same page. If you're not on the same page, then that's when feathers get ruffled or whatever it is, you know, there's ripples in the water. It's just it literally is so important to be able to be on the same page and I'm glad that you and Evan are be- able to take into account each other's feelings, perspectives, timeline, priorities, and then almost put the the world to the side and what they expect you to do and focus on each other because it is not easy, especially if it's coming. I mean, it sounds like your families are both pretty supportive of it, which is good. But like if like someone's not and they're like constantly just hounding you on that, that can get pretty exhausting. And I hope that you continue to get that support and, you know, lift each other up in that aspect until that day comes where you do. And then when it does happen, I will be there in the bush (laughs) ready to attack you guys with love. (laughs) No, definitely. And I think, you know, both of us knowing that's what we want has been huge. But, you know, another thing that I actually just thought of that's been like probably a huge part of this is we're not living a traditional life. And I don't know what, you know, everyone considers a traditional life, but I think that's a huge play in a lot of things, you know, our timeline one. And also like people could judge us for our lifestyle. And honestly, I don't even think of it that way. Like I don't think of that, but we aren't like we're traveling full time. We're living in an RV. Like we're doing all these things that could easily be put, you know, like people could put pressure on us because it's not the norm. But I feel like I've gotten such great support from like my family and my friends that I don't think of it that way. And I think that comes to all those kind of topics if it's getting engaged if it's where you live it's just all those things I think finding the right people to support you is most important and then all those outside comments you know you kind of won't hear like you won't think of much much of it's just kind of white noise in the background you don't yeah you don't let it resonate with you and honestly whether you live a air quote traditional life (laughs) I don't I don't even know what that means like I was even telling Bryce the other day I'm like define the word normal what does that even mean like you cannot define the word normal. I mean, he's like something that's typical normal. or usual, <laughs> normal. I'm like, yeah, normal means normal. I'm like, yeah, but like every everybody's normal is different. And I and I don't think it's fair that the society that we live in or these pressures we feel from everybody get put on us because that's what one person or two or several or I don't know, a whole country decides to base it off of. And I mean, yeah, it might work. In, in the end for some people, but like, for example, Bryce and I, like we've been married six years and we don't have kids. That is so a very on abnormal that topic, thing. On that topic, because you brought it up. <laughs> Let me ask you a hard question Uh-oh. now. <laughs> and the words of Teletubbies. Uh-oh. <laughs> what about that topic? <laughs> So something that we actually kind of talked about, I think, pretty early on when we became friends was I even said in this podcast how much I want kids and how excited I am for that day. But is that something that you've always known that you've wanted? No, <laughs> actually, yeah, I, uh, it wasn't until we became friends, and I'm saying this like straight up, 
that you really made me decide that I do want to be a mom. And, wow. you know, I, I, I know it's, uh, <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to get emotional. I'm literally crying. <laughs> um, and it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. That's why I said um, wow because I was trying not to cry. <laughs> That's why I try not to cry. It makes it worse, and then it's just like game over, man. Like you just gotta let the tears flow where they may. Um, for the longest time, I when I was in high school, I took a child development class, and we had to bring home a robo baby, and it was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> I I did not like it, and it, I think it was just we were teaching learning about babies. I mean, it was really fascinating. But I just was like, why would anyone sign up for this? <laughs> and I was the youngest of four. So my sister had moved in and out of my parents' house with her husband frequently. And so I was there when I saw her raising her kids. And she's an amazing mother, like such an example. My parents are amazing. Like, honestly, there's been – but I just – I never – I realized that it was in high school. I was like, I do – I really do not have the desire to have kids. Like, I love my nieces and nephews too. Like, it, it is not – like, I hate kids. And I, my mom's like, that's normal. You're in high school. You, you'll That will change when you get older. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I go to college and one of my roommates was like, ah, I want to be a mom. And I'm like, I still don't. <laughs> Just like, I still, I'm like, I'm still waiting for that desire to come. And then when Bryce and I started dating, he, I asked him, I was like, do you want to have kids? And he's like, yes, yes, I do. And I was like, you'd be an amazing dad. Like I, I was like, you can just like, I was, I could tell he would be a really amazing dad. And I was like, he's like, do you? And I'm like, I mean, I was like, yeah, yes and no. I'm like, honestly, I'm not like, I don't see me having kids for a very long time if I do. Like I don't have that desire right now. And I think part of me maybe misled Bryce a little bit in the beginning about how, I don't know if I misled him because I, I said right now. And so that made it sound like I, in the future. And I guess that kind of was where I was standing. I was just waiting for that day to, when I thought it was just going to be like, I woke up one day and I was like, I want a baby. <laughs> no, it's, it hasn't been like that in the least. And then we got married and I told him like, when we were about to be married, I was like, well, when we were dating, actually, I don't even think we were engaged. I was like, I want to wait at least 10 years from after we're married, like to have a kid. And I think he, he, I said in the previous podcast, end of season one, that he kind of just thought I was throwing out a random number because 10 years kind of random. Like, it's just like, oh, 10 years. Okay. And so I think that I didn't clarify how I authentically felt about that. And because I had such a great relationship with my niece and nephews, like he saw that and he's like, you're going to be an amazing mom. And I was like, thanks. And so then when we got married and you know, we both never, we both have to this day, didn't feel like it was still right for us to have kids, but it's definitely been a heated topic for us and not in the ways of us fighting, but it's been sensitive because like I literally told him like a thing maybe two years ago when we first moved, I was like, I can't see myself having kids. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, no. And I told him like, I don't want to hold you back. Like, I can't do that. I love you so much. And I don't, if you want to be a dad, then you, you, you probably won't experience that with me. And for a long time, I really didn't understand why this was happening. I didn't get it. And so I told him, I, I straight, I kind of told Bryce that I would leave him if he wanted to have kids so that way he could have kids. And it wasn't because I didn't love him. It was because I loved him and I wanted him to be a dad because he had already stopped flying for his career 
for me, essentially, and the timing of our life. And so I didn't want to make him give up something he wanted again. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. Like He's like, can you, um, can you guarantee that you like will not have kids? And I'm like, I can't guarantee if I will or won't. Like, I just don't know. But as of right now, if you're going to make me make the decision right now, if I want to have kids, I will tell you no. And he was like, okay. And so he's like, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not letting you leave me. And I'm like, he's like, we'll make this, we'll figure it out. And I was like, okay. And so I'm like, well, you know where I stand. And as time went on, these little things started happening. And I've had some things in my life that definitely could lead to why I feel the way I did about kids and having kids. And the, it's it's comes down to fear. It's That's essentially what it is. It's terrifying. And I, everyone's like, it's always scary to have kids and you're never ready. And But there's this pressure to pump out babies when you get married. And I just was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to bring a child into this world with all these issues I have and I have to work on. And he was telling me that it's okay. We'll figure it out. I think that's all super interesting. And so many people, you know, I'm sure can relate to that and have gone through that because it's more, I feel like, common for people to just know. Maybe not, but I feel like you don't hear as much about the other side of maybe I don't or maybe I do or, you know, being confused. What do you think really, you know, overall changed your perspective today on deciding that maybe you did want kids? So it's funny you say that because it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't until we became friends that it really started to change. And it was, it wasn't like I woke up one day and I wanted a kid. It wasn't like that. And I told Bryce, even if I'm in an emotional state, like if I'm, if something is scary happening, like a news story of a kidnapping or a car accident or something that could take someone away from their family, don't, don't ask me any questions like that. Don't ask me if I want. Make sure like, Haley talks to me so I can calm her down. Literally. Like when I was I was sick in the hospital on Sunday and I was seeing all these sick kids and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like I was and Bryce was telling me like, so now is not the time to ask you if you still want kids. <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> now is not the time because I am so hot and cold. But I do, I see, I realize I've never had that, that light of and the support uh, other than my sister of having kids and the the joys that come from it. Don't get me wrong. She goes through a lot and it's still very hard for her, but it was like, I didn't see it because I was still so young when she was having kids. So I just, I, I wasn't looking at it from that perspective. And when we started talking more, you were like, I really want kids. And I was like, Oh gosh. I was like, But it, I, I didn't look at it like, Oh, something's wrong with her. I looked at it like, wait, she's an only child, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> I, I was like telling Bryce, I'm like, I, I would love to have one kid. And he he doesn't love that idea because he wants them to have siblings. And I was just like, he just never was open to it. And so it was very hard. And when we started talking, you were just so happy about it. And it, you just showed me that it isn't all, I don't know, gray skies and your life is over. And my other friend had a baby too. And she was telling me like her pregnancy went really well. And not everybody has those good experiences, but I just feel like my Instagram feed was, was mommy bashing. It wasn't even like moms bashing moms. It was 
let's have a wine, glass of wine at the end of the day because I'm exhausted or yay, I feel miserable or self-care because I can't have alone time. It was just like constant negativity on motherhood. And I'm not saying that that's not allowed. I get that it's hard. It is probably the hardest thing a person can ever do. And that did not to me, I think my maturity level had a huge part in that. And I was looking at it from the perspective, I didn't want my life to be affected. And I was telling Bryce, I think that having that support in your life of someone who can, I don't want to cry, <laughs> but who can like show you the good, that not everything is bad. And I never got had positive that. penny over here. <laughs> yeah, I got positive penny. Yes. And that's where it came from you. And that's, and that the pressures of society to have a baby were just on my shoulders all the time, which only pushed me away further. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he, and Bryce was like, you can do this. Like you have an amazing family. Like, and I'm not saying we have to have a baby now. And I was like, okay. And so little by little, like this last like, I don't know, year or so, but really since we started talking, I'm like, like yeah. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I could see us having a family. I could see us, like, I could see you and me raising our little kids together. And, and that for me is like, and it's still a, a part of our journey. We're still working through this. Is all still very new. And I mean, what we've been, Bryce and I've been together for eight years, married six. And I mean, I'm just starting to put my feet in the water about it. I, I mean, by now, I mean, my sister had a third, was having her third kid at my age. <laughs> like, the thought of having three kids at my age right now, oh, I, I applaud all the mothers out there, whether you have kids or not. I truly believe everyone has some shape of motherhood in them. And I could go off about how amazing women are, um, children or no children. I do believe we all have those nurturing aspects. But um, you can't let those pressures from society or from your family or from anyone determine what you do next in life. And it's not easy. It is so hard, especially because you don't want to disappoint family. You don't want to disappoint your loved ones. I mean, I freak, I told you I was willing to leave my husband who I love a ton. Like we have no problems. Like that would lead to a divorce, but sometimes you have to look at the picture here and I'm like, I'm not going to hold you back. And so Thank goodness for his patience and time and, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I, I only see our friendship and the ways things align more and more. And I am just, I, I look to the future with hope and fear. <laughs> not to say I'm not like, oh my gosh, that doesn't scare you anymore. No, freak no. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I am still terrified about it. But it's definitely something that I still have a hard time with, but I am optimistically cautious about it. <laughs> but I think that also can come so much from you learning yourself more. I think something that we've talked a lot about is that you've taken the time to really know what you like and what whatever that looks like, if it's friendships, if it's your relationship, if it's who you are like and what you like to do. I think you've really taken the time over the last couple of years to do that. And I think that can also make you a lot more confident to take that next step without the pressure of somebody telling you it's you're supposed to do it right now. And I think really with every topic we've talked about is being able to step back and look at why are people putting pressure on me or why am I feeling this pressure and how can maybe, you know, like I'm going to get there one day if it's, you know, marriage or whatever it is. And just really finding what makes you happy. If it is getting married, if it's not getting married, whatever it is, just 
being able to know what you want. And I think that's something you've done over the last little bit is like you figured out what you like and you're always working on yourself. And I think to go into such big life decisions, you have to really be confident in what you want. And those pressures can, I think, sometimes make people make rush decisions where I think it's better to sit back and really make sure you're in the spot to take that next step. Absolutely. So coming now to the perspective of wanting kids, (laughs) I mean, would you think that there was a significant moment in your life that you like knew you really just wanted a family or do you have you always had that desire yeah like I was like one and like you know I walked around with a baby everywhere (laughs) oh yeah I totally love my baby dolls I had little um what were they called bitty babies and American girl dolls did you ever have an American yeah which American girl doll did you have I have no idea it's a good question but I don't know but (laughs) but I feel like I always knew. I don't know if there was like a specific age. I think being an only child and I remember my cousin had, you know, she has five kids now, but when she had had her second, I was like, that's so cool. Like they, you know, she has a sibling. And I remember thinking like, that's so exciting. And I, from a young age, I've just always wanted to be a mom. And, you know, I was actually having this conversation with Evan the other day and I was like, you know, people have dreams. Like I want to do this. I'm like, my dream is to be a mom. (laughs) Like, I think, you know, that sounds funny to some people, but I'm confident knowing like, that's what I want to do. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to do other things. Like I love what I'm doing right now. And I love I have such a passion for it. But I've just always I think really being an only child, I loved being an only child. And we talked about this in season one was, I loved being an only child. I don't know how well I would have done with siblings, as you and Evan say. But (laughs) but I think it really motivated me to want to have a family too because I've just always loved being around kids like I was with my cousins growing up and then I babysat and then I was a teacher and I've just always put myself in those situations to be around kids because I just love it so much I think that's amazing and kudos to you for standing with something that you're so passionate about because oftentimes that those dreams can can get tainted or people can affect them I mean I that's what happened with me and I love that you are hold that dearly to yourself and you want to be a mom. You'd be an amazing mom. Um, you will be an amazing Thanks. mom. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think you said the reason my passion may be being a mom. That's my passion. That's what you think that like you when we talk about from a young age, like be, having a job and something you're passionate about. And you said being a mom. And it's funny because a while ago when Bryce and I were toying with the idea of starting a family when I was – who I was, I, I was forcing it because I was trying to convince myself this is what I wanted. And then we were just talking about it. And I was like, heck no, I can't do this. Um, I said, maybe the reason I don't know what I want to do with my life is because I haven't done it. And the only way to do it is to do it. And that was being a mom. I can't, you don't know until you, until you do it. And so I was like, Ugh. and then, but that's, I think that's kind of what you were saying though. Like you, your passion is being a mom. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think often people say, like, I've heard that people say stay at home moms or even working moms there. It's like the a stay at home a mom in general, I've heard is the job of like, a f- like two jobs or something. There was like some, some statistic. Yeah. I saw at, that. I don't remember. Yeah. That. Yeah. There's but... something out there that talks about like the hours of a mom is equivalent to X amount for like a job in, in office or 
whatever it is. And so then when you add on working moms, like it's just, it adds up and it's quickly. And so it's, you have to remember that you are, do you have to do what's best for you and your family and to not let those pressures of society get to you because there's no right way to parent, whether if it's a human or a dog, it doesn't matter. I mean, we're both, we both have dogs and I mean, we constantly feel pressured from society to do certain things and act certain ways. And I'm sure mothers are of humans feel the same way. And it's a never ending battle. And I feel like as we only progress in life, it's going to be new pressures and it's going to be yeah. new things There's that we always just, yes, it's always pressures. that thing. And yeah, you have to figure out what you have to be confident in yourself. And so that way you're not being constantly thrown against the riptide of society. Yeah. And I, you know, funny, we were just talking about this and it kind of reminded me, but I remember talking to my mom about this because they got married at, I think like 21 and then they didn't have me until 33. So they were together a long time. But I remember asking my mom being like, did you feel pressure to have kids? And she was like, I didn't care what other people said. And I was like, okay, that's a really good way to look at it. But how do you not care what other people say? You know, and I'm getting to that point where I'm like, I don't care what other people say. But I think that takes time. And I really think that takes, you know, being really confident in yourself and knowing what you're doing. And both my parents, you know, had these careers and they were just really focused on what they were doing. And I loved how she said that because it's like it really I feel like a lot of pressures just come from caring so much about what these other people say. And it's not that you don't want to but just know being confident enough in yourself to know what you want and what the rest of your life is going to look like I mean maybe the next couple steps so there's always a new pressure so you're not gonna know everything but yeah you know just knowing what makes you happy exactly and I think for anyone who doesn't know what they want or or is feeling that pressure from society it's okay to feel that way it's okay to feel a little lost because for the longest time, like I still every now and then feel lost. Like Bryce and I like are feeling constant pressure to settle down and not even just start a family. It's just like buying a house and finding and a place to best friends. So yeah, yeah it's it's helping like there. buying a house, finding a, a, a place to really put our roots down. And I'm like, I just don't feel like that's time for us right now. Like it's just, we're doing things very differently and it's, some people have a really hard time with that and it's okay. And I, I love Bryce and I's life. We have created such an amazing life for us and don't get me wrong. We have our struggles, like of course, and you can't look at someone's life and compare it to yours because at the end of the don't day, do that. Yeah, it's it, it's so toxic to do that. You're only it. Oh yeah. Oh, easily. I mean, I probably do it once a week. But like, man, they have such a cool life. Like, I literally, there's like an influencer that I am like religiously following because I think she's the cutest and she's pregnant. And I started okay. Going back to this, this is kind of talking about one of the podcasts to talk about about filling your social media with things that uplift you. I stopped following I, all these mom bashing accounts, anti, like people that were just not bringing me happiness about having a family. And I started following all these cute pregnant ladies and anyone that was out. like, yeah, it's just like all these. I, I wonder if that's what made it start popping up into my feed. I bet it was because of that's you. All I <laughs> and so now it's like all these, and it's so nice and refreshing. It's such a breath of fresh air to see the joy 
And I know that not everybody posts the hardships and I'm not, I don't, and those people that do, I was following them and it was too much for me. I couldn't handle that. And that's okay. And, but it's just, you got to make sure you're filling your life with things that are making you feel better. If it's something you're questioning, you have to figure out what direction you want to kind of go in. Going back to the social media though, I'm following religiously though. I mean, it's just, I constantly found myself comparing myself to her though, but not in ways of like, oh, I want her. I want to be her. It was like a, oh my gosh, she's so cute. What is she doing today? And it was like almost like a, uh, an escape for me to be able to see these lives. But then I had to remember, okay, hold on. They are not sharing everything on social media that they're going through. The, the, their life may look so cute and fun and, you know, the fun little travels they do, outfits, whatever. But you still need to remember they're human. They go through the hardships too. And you're not the only one going through hard stuff. And you're not alone. And people are here to help and support you. We're here to help and support people. That's why we do this podcast is to let people know that people don't talk about these things. People don't talk about not having kids or having kids. And that's very hard. And I think there's a huge one too is gender disappointment. That's a huge pressure from societies to automatically be happy with whatever gender of a baby you're getting. I've seen that happen often where someone wants to have a girl or have a boy and someone was so disappointed they had a boy and they just were getting so much crap and they're like, just be happy you're having a healthy baby. Not everybody can have a baby. And it's like, stop. Don't don't downplay someone's hardships because someone else is going through it harder. Because like I said earlier, they'll always go through something. There's always going to be someone going through it harder. But this is still your life and you're allowed to feel the way you do. I think you made such a good point about, you know, being able to have those emotions even if somebody else is in a different position. And I think really getting to a point where you're confident in having those emotions. And that sounds silly. But not always looking at, you know, your situation thinking, oh, but I, you know, I can't have this emotion because it could be worse. And it's okay to have those emotions and then you'll move on and you'll be able to grow from that. But I think that really, you know, there are so much pressures on every aspect of your life. And no matter where you're at, you know, there's going to be a pressure for something else. So it's a goal I set for myself was to work on myself to not compare, to really try to not feel those pressures and to be okay with the emotions I feel. But, you know, to work through those and move on from them, because I think there are you're going to have emotions about different pressures throughout life, whatever that looks like. And everyone's going to be at a different phase at a different time. And to stop comparing to other people, because nobody's in your life and nobody can relate exactly to your life. So I think really stepping back and figuring out exactly what you want at this phase in life. And if that changes in a few months or a few years, that's okay too. But I think, you know, there's always going to be those pressures. So how can you step back and really trying not to let those affect your decisions. I just want to remind you guys that we do have a podcast that comes out every other Monday. And following that, we go live on Unleashed.club, Hey Bailey Drew, and all of the Traveler every other Wednesday.